Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Lamar Jackson can be yours for two number one picks and probably a very hefty guarantee for your contract. That would be somewhere in $200 million range. Having said that, if you're the Buccaneers, Steve Versnick, could he be the quarterback behind door number two this year? Well, hear me out, because we were talking about this before the podcast. You're the Buccaneers. You've got Kyle Trask on the roster. That's it. You're still, what, $40 million over the cap at this point? Ish, yeah. Yeah, you got um, some work to do I mean, before you get cap compliant. You're mm-hmm. waving Donovan Smith and Leonard Fournette and Cam Bray. You're probably waving Ryan Suckup, although they haven't announced that one yet. You're renegotiating contracts with Carlton Davis. You're getting money back from yeah. uh, Chris Godwin, guys you signed recently. Right? Probably Tristan Wirfs. Maybe you're extending out and pushing some of that mm-hmm. money back because you got to get cap yep. compliant by Wednesday at 4 p.m. Right. But you've got the 19th pick in this draft. Mm-hmm. You're probably looking at four quarterbacks going in the top five picks this year. Maybe six. Which means at best you're getting the fifth best quarterback in this draft if you if you want to take a quarterback with nineteen. Right. And and it could be the sixth best. And by that point it's probably not a quarterback that's ranked at that position. In the first you're, round. You're, yeah. now you're reaching, most likely. Yeah. Correct. Which is not something you want to do. I I know franchise quarterbacks are important, but reaching with your first round pick is not a good thing. Right. Well, the bust rate is pretty high, even mm-hmm. in, you know in the first round anyway. But with quarterbacks in particular, and then the further you go, probably the less chance of that working out. Sure. Correct. So if you're the Bucks, and you don't have a quarterback, assuming that you don't think Kyle Trask is the long term answer, and I, I don't know if they know that yet, but I'm not sold that they believe that that he is. And they've said. To be fair, they're going to look behind door number two. This is mm-hmm. what they said about Jameis Winston after mm-hmm. his fifth season. Yep. You know, we like Jameis, we like other guys, but we're going to see who's behind door number two and who was behind door number two but one Tom Brady. So this would be, in fact, a door number two. Right. You didn't get Derek Carr. Right. You're most likely not getting Aaron Rodgers because they're not going to trade him to an NFC team if they don't have to. Sure, that's correct, yeah. Lamar Jackson's your next best option if you want to do anything this year. To get him, granted, you're going to have to sign a long-term deal probably fully guaranteed, which that that's a different discussion. It's a sticking point, yeah. And, and that's part of this thing. But you're giving up the 19th pick and whatever your first pick is next year for mm-hmm. a franchise quarterback. Right. That's not a hefty price to pay. No, not in terms of draft compensation. Mm-hmm. Um 
if you think that Lamar Jackson is the be all end all for you. In other words, if you yeah. think that he he is a, a, a he's a quarterback you're going to mm-hmm. not only contend every year but mm-hmm. but ultimately win a Super Bowl with. And you know who you have on your team. I mean, he's you know, you already have some better personnel than he had in Baltimore in terms of receivers with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. um, you know, and others. Uh and so that part meshes. Now, the, uh, if you can somehow get around the money part, which I think is a big sticking point for all mm-hmm. these teams. I, look, I think that the Cleveland deal that they made with Deshaun Watson, which Lamar Jackson seems to be clinging to, uh, with all guaranteed contracts of over you know $200 million, uh, I think that, that owners throughout this league, including the Glazers, I would imagine, want that to be the one-off. And the next person that does this with a quarterback and guarantees $200 million, now it's the norm, right? Now every quarterback's going to want guaranteed money for the length of the deal. So that is a problem. But um, doesn't hurt to ask, right, or to negotiate. So you're talking about two number ones for a franchise guy. If you First, you've got to know if you believe in the player. Do you believe Lamar Jackson can take you to a Super Bowl? He's been an MVP. He's still a very young quarterback. What is he, like 26, Steve, or something like that? Yeah, he's still very young. To be honest, I think he's younger than Stetson Bennett. Yeah, I was going to say like Stetson's almost that age, uh, and he's he's coming out in the draft. So you know now he's been injured, and and this is the thing, mm-hmm. the style of play. Okay, one thing that would work in your favor if you're the Buccaneers in this instance is you've changed the offense, so you're not asking him to run BA's, you know, seven step, five eligible, four streaks, and one under over route. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna, let, you're gonna, you know, you you plan on running sort of a wide zone scheme anyway. Um, you could certainly run plays for him to run the football if if that's what you desire, and he can he can you know throw on the move. So you you got sort of a quarterback. I mean, Geno Smith isn't a runner the way Lamar Jackson is, but he he had wheels. He could still pick up yards and mm-hmm. he could do all the bootlegs and the waggles and things like that. So that's the offense coming from Seattle. Right, um, with Dave Canales, you would think, as he has said, he can adapt it. It's very easily adaptable to the quarterback. So, so this is a better fit than if, say, BA was still in charge and Leftwich and all of that. I wouldn't contemplate it otherwise. But you've already got a change of offense, so that's in your favor. Um, it's really interesting because the Bucks have never had someone like this, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that that's a good thing. Look, they've won two Super Bowls. They did it with free agent quarterbacks that were pocket passers and a really good defense. Would you be making it much harder for any quarterback to come in here and be successful because you have so many needs? You start taking away draft picks, right? Not just this year's number one, but next year's number one, and maybe something else, who knows, mm-hmm. but a minimum of those two, then – your football team's not going to be that great. And to to take $15 million to add it to the cap, you may be looking at having to waive some players or trade some players that you didn't think otherwise that you were going to, that you were counting on playing for you. Okay. Maybe a guy like Devin white, for example. Um, so you're, you, you could be weakening your team a little bit. Like it's not just as simple as saying, yep, let's do it. We got $50 million right here. Um, but if you structured it a certain way, you can do stuff with the salary cap amateurize the signing bonus, lower the first year base, all of that. So you, and then each year more money is added to the cap. So you you could you could probably, you know, I would trust that Mike Greenberg, 
and his magic, the savant that he is, with the salary cap, he would he would find a way to get him signed. Don't know that you could guarantee him the money. It's an interesting proposition where the Bucks are now. They're coming off three years of Tom Brady where they were the talk of the NFL. Not not of the NFC South, the entire league, right? Because he's Tom Brady. If you were to follow Tom Brady with Lamar Jackson, um, you'd, you'd immediately be the favorites in the NFC South, even though Derek Carr has gone to New Orleans. It would be competitive. My concerns would be what everybody else's are. Can I keep this guy healthy? And his style of play is such that he has not had a great track record of being there for his team when when it matters. Now, I think that, you know, he probably was very cautious this past year about playing injured um, because he knew he was going to be, you know, either franchised or a free agent or something. This was a very big year. If you get hurt, tear your ACL, whatever, hurt your knee further, even Baltimore may not be giving you the big contract. So I, I can appreciate that, but you've got to, you've got to do some things, man. You, you've got to, you know, you've got to buy in to the offenses. Schemes got to change. Um, it's, it's a roll of the dice, but aren't they all like, to your point, all any of these teams are trying to do is find a franchise quarterback. That's all. Mm-hmm. Any, that's the whole game in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You have a guy or you don't have a guy. Well, the Bucks have never had a guy until they stole one, <laughs> until they got Tom Brady, right? Brad Johnson came in here. He was a free agent too. They've never drafted and develop, and Lord knows they've tried. From Vinny Testaverde to Steve Young to Trent Dilfer, you know, and Jameis Winston and on and on through time, even Doug Williams didn't have his best years here, even though he won a Super Bowl with Washington. So they've just not been very good at drafting and developing quarterbacks to win Super Bowls with. So here's a guy that's out there. Here's a guy that's available. I think it has to be a discussion, and it should be a discussion with all 31 other teams, although a bunch of them seem to jump out there and, and immediately, uh, through channels at least, say, no, 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 don't look here. We're not interested. Well, which was, curious. and we could talk about that too. A lot of them have said we're not going to pursue him. Right. Well, if you have another quarterback on the roster, why would you come out and say you are? I wouldn't. When no. two things. One, you may not sign him. Right, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. You you could profess your undying love for the guy, right. and he could say, "I don't want to play there," or "I don't like your deal." Or two, even if you sign him, you may not get him because Baltimore has a shot to match it. Correct. So Correct. why would you? Come so he's out not that? your player, right? So of course you're not going to pursue the quarterback, but you know Lamar Jackson's calling every team. Oh well, well, we'll take and he, the call. Here's another. There's problem. a difference between pursuing and taking the call. Right. Well, it's like Bruce Arian said, you know, at the combine when it was borderline tampering, they said, is there anybody, you know, he said, we've got to look behind door number two. It's like, there's anybody out there that you would pick the phone up for? And he said, yeah, Tom Brady. Well, you'd listen to Lamar Jackson. And the pro- here's a not an insignificant problem with Lamar Jackson, too. He has no agent. He's operating as his own agent. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard to do. Yep. Not just from a legal financial standpoint, but... You know, negotiating with yourself, um, you know, and not being able to say, you know, okay, to an agent, all right, wh- you know, what are the other teams interested? What are they, What is he looking for? Can we talk freely? You're going through Lamar where feelings could be hurt, where you have to temper, you know, are you, are you going in there guns blazing trying to sell him on you? Because he has, he has some say in this, right? If he, if he doesn't like you and doesn't want to go there, 
He's just simply not going to take the deal. Yep. He's going to stay in, in Baltimore until he finds what he wants. So you got to go in there like we're selling you on the Buccaneers. We're selling you on this team. Mm-hmm. And that's risky, you know. Now, they're in a better position, not from a salary cap standpoint. They're in a horrible position. And, I, and again, you'd have to really lean on Mike Greenberg to figure this out. And it's probably going to cost you another player or so. Um, but they're in a good position from the standpoint that who are they, who are they worried about making mad here? Kyle Trask? Mm-hmm. Look, if Kyle Trask goes to training camp, he already knows what. Somebody's going to be waiting there in that huddle to try to compete with him. They're not just handing him the job. They, yep. he, they've talked about him like he's you know, the next coming, but the fact is he's their only quarterback on the roster. But they've made it clear, we're going to get competition. We, we're not just giving him this job. So Kyle has no choice. He's still under contract, rookie deal. He can't go anywhere. He probably was disappointed last year when Tom Brady came back because he didn't get to compete for the starting job. He's learned to live with disappointment. This is sort of his career. Mm-hmm. So unlike some places, like I think Miami would have had a tough time professing their love for any quarterback because Tua Tungvaloa is a very fragile guy. And I don't mean physically. I mean in general. They haven't picked up his fifth-year option. Mm-hmm. They haven't extended him. They really don't know what happens the next time his head hits the turf. Um, and so for them to go, oh, yeah, we want Lamar. We'd love to have Lamar or to be linked with Lamar in any way, even a phone call. Again, Lamar says no, doesn't reach a deal, can't reach whatever. Now Tua's in the jar. Like That's a real thing. Like They, draft, mm-hmm. they, they gave up a lot for Tua. Um, so, you know, here these guys can't be worried about Kyle Trask's feelings. They've demonstrated nope. they don't care about that. Here's the other it's part. It's an interesting quite proposition. Here's, really here's the other part about Lamar. We know the 49ers gave up, what, three first-round picks to go three draft ones Trey for Lance? Trey Lance, who had never played right. it down. And, and the Bucks aren't going to be able to move up high enough in this draft because when you're sitting at 19, it's going to take you more than three ones to, oh, get, God, yeah. to move up yeah. to get one of the, the, the top quarterbacks in this draft, if that's what yep. they're looking for. That's right. Have you seen the free agent quarterback class for next year? It's probably not good. <laughs> okay, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah. but you know he's what? He'll be thirty-five at that point, I think. Yeah, not no spring chicken for sure. Lamar Jackson, because he's mm-hmm. franchise tag. So next year he'd be a free agent if he plays on the franchise tag this year or doesn't play. You can you can franchise him twice, I right? Well, he could be franchising it, yes. But I'm saying he would be a free agent if they don't. Franchise he would be him available as a free agent, yeah. if, assuming he doesn't sign somewhere this year or long term with yeah. the, the Ravens. Matt yep. Ryan, okay. Ryan Tannehill. I'm waiting. Jameis Winston. <laughs> yeah, I got news for you. He's going to be available in about yeah. four or five days. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. Go, Mitch. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod's been. Over. How many teams has that yeah. guy been playing for? Colt McCoy, Nick Foles. Yeah. Uh, okay. Trevor Simeon, Brian Hoyer. Yeah, yeah. Jalen no, Hurts, no. but he's never going to get to free agency with that. No, 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 no. Now, there's a few guys that have club options. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe Burrow, he's not getting to free agency. You don't think? Justin Herbert's not getting to free agency. Probably not. I'm guessing Jordan Love doesn't get to free agency. He'd have well, a club if he option. Does, for they've made a big mistake. Yeah, yeah. well. And uh, Tua Tagovailoa is the other. Tua Tagovailoa is the other one who's got a club option. He could get there. He could. Yeah. That, that's the. If he but, gets there, it means that he's had more injuries in all probability. But if you're the Bucks and you give up the 19th pick this year, which you're not going to mm-hmm. get a good quarter, you're not going to get one of the quarterbacks you're coveting at 19th nope. this year. Nope. You're giving up your one next year, 
which if you, you're trying to get a quarterback next year, you just heard the free agent class. Or you got to rely on where, wherever you're drafting, which you don't know where you're going to be drafting. It's a crapshoot. You may think it's going to be pretty high because maybe your team, you're not going to spend the money on free agents and such, but you never know. Mm-hmm. What's your better long-term play? Well, again, it depends on your evaluation, and this is what mm-hmm. we don't know, okay, because no one's going to talk about the guy this way. We don't know what their valuation of Lamar Jackson is. Like, we know he's won an MVP, mm-hmm. and we've seen him win games, mm-hmm. um, and we know he's an outstanding you know, talent, physical talent. There are some that question how good of, of a passer he is, uh, and clearly durability has, has, of late at least, become an issue. Okay, so the first thing is, what do they think of Lamar, right? The person, the player, Mm -hmm. all of that. Uh, The contract is a big thing. But once you get to the point, you got to start with, what do we think of this guy? And then the second thing is, can we adapt our offense? Do we have the personnel, you know, to make him succeed? Like, can can we do this up front? Can we do this with our receivers, our tight ends? Mm -hmm. How much is that going to make? Did what Dave Canales is, does different, right? Or can he adapt it? Because he's putting in a new offense anyway. Once you get past that, if the answer to those questions are, yeah, we really like him, then you should go for it because you're right. No guarantee, you know, are, are you tanking with Trask? Is that going to be the motto this year, tank with Trask? And hope that you, you know, when I say hope, hope is not a plan, but let's say you win four to five games that put you back in the top six or so in the draft next year. That that's and, and again, no guarantee that you'll be high enough to get the quarterback you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the processes you've just named the free agent quarterbacks. None of them are any good. Here's here's the thing I would say is that this isn't likely to happen for anybody. I think Lamar Jackson stays in Baltimore, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a this is a quiz for you. In 30 years of NFL free agency, how many times do you think? that there has been a player to receive a non-exclusive franchise tag, sign an offer sheet with the other team, another team, then end up with a new team. How many times do you think that's happened in 30 years? I'll guess zero. One. Okay. <laughs> You're close. It's happened one other time. And uh, it was a, let's see, it was Sean Gilbert. Okay. Okay. Uh, he was tagged by Washington, signed an offer sheet with the Panthers. That's right. I do remember that. Ended now. up with Carolina. But here's here's the difference this year and why I think it's more likely to happen than it's happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Some team will offer him a fully guaranteed deal, and I don't think Baltimore will. Do you think – that's a great question because I don't, I don't think anybody else will unless – and here's – I mean, there's, always, there's, a, there's always a Jimmy Haslam. Well, here's the outlier. What if you're Daniel Snyder and they're trying to push you out of the league and so your your mm-hmm. final uh, middle finger, so to speak, to the rest of the owners is, watch this. I'm going to sign this guy to a guaranteed contract and now it's a precedent. See you later, guys. You want me to sell the team? Cool. Yep. Now, you guys, I leave you with this present. Yeah. Or you could see Al Davis just doing it because that's what Al Davis. or That's what Mark Davis Mark and Davis. Al Davis would yeah. do, yeah. 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 I mean, there's and always there's always an owner like Haslam Snyder that you need a maverick, yeah, yeah, and that and Haslam's that's ruined it. it for everybody. And I'm telling you, the rest of them are holding firm. That's why you hear talk about collusion, you know, because and it's true. No one wants to guarantee 
The question, question is, are they colluding, or, or does everyone just know that we don't want to guarantee contracts? It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. And then, you know, football, unlike other sports, you know, it's a collision sport, not a contact sport. Think about how many guys get hurt in the league every week, mm-hmm. right? How big would your roster be if you start guaranteeing? It can't be like baseball where you guarantee contracts. You start guaranteeing contracts in the NFL, I know there's a lot of guys that want to play, but believe me, there won't be as much money in it for these owners as they want if they start guaranteeing contracts. Because right now they have a renewable supply of players with minimum contracts that they can you know, pay as they go. Um, but once you start signing your stars to guarantee deals and they get hurt, man, you're going to have long, big rosters. You're going to be paying a lot of guys that aren't playing. Because the other thing that will happen is if my contract's guaranteed, I'm not going out there if i got a hangnail. You know? Because what's my incentive? I'm getting paid either way. I don't prove anything. I don't want to get hurt. Mm-hmm. I want to play as long as I can. My contract's guaranteed. What's well, my incentive? Wasn't that I'll, some I'll of the knock with? on Lamar this year? And I don't know how hurt he was and if he could have played down the stretch, but he didn't. But, play but because, because his contract was coming up. Business decision? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you make, why wouldn't mm-hmm. that factor in your decision about how much you feel like playing? Mm hmm. Right, and I'm not saying you know, and some people might think that he tanked or that he dogged it or that he, he left his team. You know, have no idea hanging out to dry. I have no idea. We, we we can't get into his knee, but if it were me, that you damn right that's going to factor in my decision. Mm-hmm. If I can't protect myself, if I'm going out there with one leg, and I know that I've got a huge payday waiting for me if I don't get hurt, and oh by the way, we probably aren't going to go to the Super Bowl anyway with this club because it's not that good, and I know it. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I I want to be a dude. I want to be there for my team, but I'm not helping my team if I go out there and I, I lose the next two years because I played on a bum leg for no reason. So that would have to be part of it. I don't know. It's really it's an interesting question, and I will attempt to find. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will attempt to find yeah. out. Maybe, maybe that guy writes the Buccaneers have no interest in Lamar Jackson and just add him to the list, and that list is growing. It is really growing. But, yeah, a lot of teams have said no before they were asked. That's the weird thing. You know, if they were – like, it wasn't like the team put out a statement. It was like their beat writers did what, what I would do, which is, you know, you call right away and say, hey, what do you think? Now, you can assume I've asked and that the Bucks aren't playing ball. Does that mean they're interested? No, that just means they don't answer questions like that, and nor would I necessarily. Well, and part of a negotiation is – if I'm out there saying I absolutely want Lamar Jackson, gotta have him. Don't I'm, are already on the bad side of a negotiation? Yeah, you've already you've already put your chips to the middle of the table, so to speak. Yeah, you want to keep talking about Kyle Trask. I don't care who you're. I don't care if you're talking to Baker Mayfield. You want to make him think that Kyle Trask is your guy, mm-hmm. right? Because that's only going to help you in the long term. But they're definitely going to have a quarterback more than Trask here. And you're right. Down the road, like, I don't see a lot of free agents falling out of the trees here. I mean, you know, we don't know as we do this podcast whether Aaron Rodgers is going to agree to be traded, you know? Mm-hmm. He may retire. He may go to the Jets, but he's not coming. But how often does the Brett Favre's when he could still play a little or or the Aaron Rodgers when he's at the end, Tom, Tom Brady, right, which was the GOAT that was so inconceivable until it happened, those don't happen very often, you know? I know the Rams went all out and got Matthew Stafford, and they want to trade a lot of draft picks for that. I mean, they had to give up a lot. They gave up a ton, yeah. And and San Francisco, three number ones for Trey Lance. We still don't know if he can play dead. 
Um, you know, there's other free agent quarterbacks out there with plenty of injury history, like Jimmy Garoppolo. You want him? He's a lot less than Lamar Jackson, but he might be better than Kyle Trask. But I don't see Jimmy coming in here because, again, these guys don't have any money. You know, but would you break the piggy bank? Would you, would you, you know, mortgage more future for Lamar Jackson? But if you do that, what kind of team can you put around him? Are, are, you know, is he going to be able to win with the guys you have left? Because there's a lot of guys who aren't here anymore and a lot of guys that are older that are here. You know, I don't think Mike Evans is going to be great for many more years. He's entering his 10th season. They don't have a left tackle. They don't have a left guard. Chris Godwin's pretty beat up, pretty sore man at this point. We don't know what Russell Gage is yet. We, you know, we got a young running back that hasn't proven anything. Um, the defense is losing most of its secondary. Don't know if I have another inside linebacker. Don't have an edge rusher. You know, it, this is not necessarily – you don't walk in here and go, we're going to the bowl, man. This isn't the team that Brady came to. This is a far lesser team if you're Lamar Jackson, and that's the other part of this. He gets to decide. He gets to decide. Or he stays in Baltimore. Anyway, fascinating discussion. We got plenty of mailbag questions for you coming up here, as many as we can get in in the time allotted. Um, and uh, But first I want to tell you about how to save money on your electric bill, and it's May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been operating and installing solar electric systems now for 13 years and in a uh, – Industry has a lot of these companies pop up and down. May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. Here's what they do. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is what they call the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see what they're going to install Plus, this is important. They don't use subcontractors. So all those guys up there with the solar panels on the roof, those are Billy Mays guys. That's important. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve those appliances. That's May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. All right, got some mailbag questions here before we get out. Let's get started. All right, Gage had uh, tweeted. He says, since uh, Donovan Smith is released, will Taylor Lewan be a realistic option for the Buccaneers? I mean, I guess anybody who's a free agent is an option, right? But not a good option. I don't know, first of all, if Taylor's professed his desire to continue playing or not. He's a character of the game, that's for sure. My guess is this, that um, because they have no money, which is a factor, whether it's talk Taylor Lewan or anybody else, um, they're going to try to take their best five guys. Now, it, when I say five, the five that they have now, they very likely or very well could go ahead and draft a, a tackle, be it a right tackle or a left tackle, pretty early on in this draft. So that would change the calculus in the, in the structure of – you know, of their uh, their offensive line. I think with Donovan being released, if they had – I always say this. The goal of free agency, okay, is to build your team that before you even get to the draft, if you have to go out there before the draft and play a game, how competitive can you be with the guys you have, right? 
Forget about any free agency, any of that stuff. So to me, they have five dudes that have played. Now, I think in the short term, you would have to say, we're going to move Tristan Wirfs to left tackle. That is a difficult, that is not, and a lot of people are like, well, what's the best tackle? Just move him over there. No. Players will tell you, you know, okay, great. You've written right-handed your whole life. Now start writing left-handed and tell me how good you are at it. That's how drastic they say the change is. I don't know that because I don't play tackle. Um, now, Tristan is a phenomenal athlete, a very willing guy to do whatever the team tells him to. He's also an all-pro right tackle, which means he's the best in the league at something. I don't know that he's going to be the best in the league at left tackle, but would he do it for the team? Could he? I think he would, and I think he could, and I think that's probably what they'll do. Um, failing drafting a left tackle because they're not going to sign one in free agency because they don't need money. So Taylor Luan or otherwise, I just don't think they have the salary cap room to do that. So I think right now you're looking at Worf's moving over. Now right tackle becomes an issue. You could draft a guy there. Um, there's certainly more right tackles than left tackles in this draft. Um, if you didn't do that, you could take Luke Gedeke, who was a right tackle. If I had to play today, remember now, this is pre-draft. If I get to play today, who are my best five? Well, you might not like the way Luke played, but towards the end of the year, he got better. And he even saw a little action at right tackle against the Atlanta Falcons. So maybe I play him at right tackle, which is his natural position. And then I've got Ryan Jensen back. He he came and played the final you know playoff game. So if Jensen's back then now I don't need Robert Hainsey at center. You know what? I'm going to move him to left guard because he was in that competition before Ryan got hurt and Gedeke didn't do a good job, So, but I'm still keeping my best five. So now I've got Jensen at center. Um, you know, pretty much my, my offensive line is set with the guys that I had last year, but I've got them in sort of some different spots. And I think it's probably better for a guy like Gedeke at right tackle than it was at left guard, because, again, right versus left, he's back on his natural side, plus things happen a little quick inside. He, you know, he knows how to play tackle. Um, I think that's the way they're going to go. I haven't heard anything about Taylor Lewin. I, I I don't even, like I said, I'm not sure what his, what his plans are going forward, but it doesn't seem to me like you're not just one tackle for a year away. Always ask yourself this, too. Why did Tennessee – decide they don't need them. You know, like, are they not interested in winning too? So, I, I, you know, usually when those guys get released, much like Donovan Smith, I mean, people are asking the same question somewhere about, should we go for Donovan Smith? Well, put on the tape, right? You don't release good tackles in this league. Um, the tape has got to be bad or the money is too much or something um, before you just let these guys go. And I know in Donovan's case, the tape is not good. Um, and you know, he's played, this will be his ninth season. So I I don't see them, you know, replacing one released tackle for another, um, because I don't think, I don't think it's a big upgrade there. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, Kyle asks, if the Bucks are not trading Mike Evans, will the Bucks be giving him an extension now to keep him long-term and also lower his cap hit here? I don't necessarily see an extension in the works. I mean, he is he has renegotiated his contract each of the last three years, and they've added enough voidable years that, you know, whenever he's done, all that dead money is going to spin forward on them, okay? Um, Mike's an interesting, you know, an interesting player for them because while he's been incredibly consistent and has put together – really a, a, almost a Hall of Fame-worthy career, he is entering his 10th year. Not many guys play 10 years in this league, much less at receiver, right? Um, so extend them. I don't know what the motive – I think he's in sort of that Levante David mode almost as a receiver. He's not as old as Levante, but you know what I mean? Like he, he's going to be a year-to-year guy as far as the Bucks go. Now, they would love to make him a buck for life and all of that, but really, it's about whether you're still productive. Mike has been that guy. He's been productive. He's taken better care of his body since Brady got here. Um, I think he wants to continue playing beyond next season. And I would imagine he would like to be a buck for life. But that's not necessarily a conversation you would have until after this year. You know, much much like, I mean, look, is there a, has there been more of a iconic team player, even though most of his career was spent on horrible teams, than Levante David. Well, as we sit here, Levante doesn't have a contract. Right? He's a free agent. Now, they may sign one. They're going to take a bunch of dead money on him, whether he plays or not, um, and they could reduce that number if they sign him to a, to a deal. But he's you know 30-something years old, so how many years are you going to get? I think he's in that year-to-year mode. I think Evans is there too, and not just with this team, maybe with a lot of teams. Um, you know, is there a team out there that would take a Mike Evans that was one receiver away from winning a Super Bowl? Eh, maybe, maybe. I don't know who that is off the top of my head, but um, I don't. I don't think they extend him or, or renegotiate for the purpose of adding you know years other than voidable years. And, and frankly, I don't know that there's really much left on the bone uh, from his last contract. So the reason he can't be traded, and he can be traded, but there's. You end up taking on more cap uh, liability there if you trade them than if you just keep them, right? And last time I checked, this is not a team with an abundance of receivers. You know, Godwin is still, you know, only a year or so removed from that um, ACL, MCL tear. He's beaten up pretty good, younger than Mike, but pretty beat up. Um, You know, Russell Gage, they say, had never been hurt until last season. Well, he certainly was hurt last year. So... You know, and and not a not a number one on on any teams, or you know, not a number two on this one. He's their third receiver, um, so he's not going to step into that role. So I, I think you need him. You need Mike, but I don't know. I don't know that you're going to jump out there and extend him. I, I think, you know, I I think he's going to finish his career uh, here, or at least his contract here, and then you he's already had two, and then you'll see if you want to go for three or not based on how he plays, but. Um, I don't see him traded, and I don't see an extension until maybe after this season. And I think he'll be in that mode, you know, where okay, let's see if we can do something between, you know, the end of next of this season coming up until free agency of a year from now. All right, we'll wrap up on this one today. 
And speaking of receivers, Richard had tweeted us. He says, how different do you think the second half of the Brady era would have been if Antonio Brown doesn't get suspended and or Chris Godwin doesn't tear his ACL? From that point forward, between those two things, it seemed like everything went downhill from there. Maybe I'm wrong, but if I could pinpoint a single point where there was a notable change in Tampa Bay, I would say those two instances. I would say uh, there's one more, Gronk. You know, I, I listen, I think that, that um, Gronkowski retiring and staying retired, even though he did call them around Thanksgiving of last year and thought about it but they couldn't pull the trigger, I think that was probably the biggest change. Um, but it's a good point. Um, you know, does Godwin help them beat the Rams? Yeah, I think so. But he's not defending Cooper Cup. <laughs> So uh, the biggest problem in that game was their offensive line. You know, they were beat up. I mean, Tristan got hurt. Uh, his backup, um, you know, Wells got hurt. Like, it, it was, it was. you know, they, they got Brady hit a lot. And yet, even having said that, he brought him back from way down, what was it, 24 to 3 or whatever it was, uh, brought him back and got him what should have been an overtime game. And then they give up, you know, more plays down the field for Cup. Um, so I don't know that Godwin wins that game for them. Maybe he does. Maybe they don't get in the hole the way they did. Um, yeah. Uh, what was it? What was the other part of that? It was if he doesn't tear his ACL and if or Antonio Brown go, suspension. The Antonio Brown suspension thing, I think, was a factor, but not so much that he was suspended. It was more about although they were linked. It was more about his attitude when he mm-hmm. came back. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, I, and, and I, you know, everybody will say I'm the point of the spear with that whole. Uh, vaccination card thing, which I didn't make the policy, right? It's the old Billy Joel, we didn't start the fire. It was always burning. Um, the league, you know, navigated COVID awkwardly the way the rest of society did, okay? And Brown was that guy, right, who was always going to stretch the rules, whatever. He did get COVID, um, and he didn't get a vaccination. There were two other guys that were suspended with him. But I think from that point, uh, and he was hurt, by the way, when he was suspended. Like two of those games, he wouldn't have played anyway because he was he had the foot injury. So it was more about his injury, but then his attitude on top of it. Like when he came back, he was in a bad headspace, and it didn't take much to get his headspace kind of crooked. Um, and, and I think we all knew that Antonio Brown was never going to hold up, right? Like crazy was coming at some point. Um, how did it manifest itself with the, with the with the, you know, being suspended, yeah, that did that certainly contributed to it. Um, but the second year wasn't the same as the first year. You know, first year he came in here, had been suspended for eight weeks. Um, Brady embraces him, puts him in his home, drives him to work, uh, pumps him up. You know, he goes out against Dallas, has an unbelievable game in the opener of the season. Um, you know, all of that stuff. And so I, I just think that, you know, Brown – at some point, there's the old saying that, you know, you can lay down on hay, you might get eight hours of sleep, you're going to wake up scratching. Well, they were going to end up scratching at some point with Antonio. And and he did come back. And the thing is, he came back and had a 100-yard day against Carolina, and we talked to him. He was still pissed off about the whole suspension thing and blamed me and blamed everybody else for, you know, for, you know, out to get him and stuff. But I didn't – no nobody in the media took off his jersey against the Jets. Nobody – uh, on the team told him not to go into the game when he was asked to go in in the third quarter. Nobody threw a tantrum at halftime up there and complained that he wasn't seeing the football when, in fact, he had one less target than Gronk, who had six in the first half, and that was the most on the team at that point. So 
from a football standpoint, absolutely. Antonio Brown is what that team lacked because they didn't have a quick twitch receiver. You know, he was a guy that could operate in short spaces and he could absolutely take the top off the defense. The guy was a freak. He could still run past people all day long. He created so much space. But even having said all that, I think the biggest difference, the biggest notable change to me was Gronkowski because what people miss about Gronkowski in addition to balancing, you know, Tom Brady's seriousness with his goofiness, um, the biggest difference was he was one hell of a blocker. And basically, you couldn't match up with him in the passing game. You just couldn't. You know, put a linebacker on him, he's going to run past him. Put a, a safety on him, he's going to run over him. Um, and the red zone, where did they struggle last year? Third down, red zone. This was Tom's guy, right? And so I think the loss of Gronkowski was probably bigger than Brown, but I would say to you that they missed the Antonio Brown that won the Super Bowl for him because I don't think they win a Super Bowl without Antonio Brown. He he changed the dynamics of that team. He had just started playing. They were 7-5. and five. He had played about three or four games. But when they came back, after the bye week and had that little talk and changed some things about their offense, they said, the hell with it. We're attacking. And how did they attack? With Antonio Brown. Go back and watch the Atlanta game. They're down 17 to nothing, going to halftime, and Tom throws five touchdowns in the second half. Um, and a bunch of them to Brown. So he changed that season around and, 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 in fact, had a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I think he was a big, if not that different, he was a huge difference. But this the final year, I think, you know, I think Gronk, especially last year, um, is what they miss more, more than Antonio Brown. All right, great questions. We got more of them left over because we went a little long on the Lamar Jackson thing. Uh, my final thought on that is I just don't think they have the space. I think the same thing that's preventing them from going out and competing for some of the top quarterbacks now, including Derek Carr and others, is what would keep them from getting Lamar Jackson. You'd have to get rid of too many players. Um so we'll get to more mailbag questions tomorrow. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.